You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday with Wayne McCurry, Portfolio Manager at FNB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. Oh, Wayne, we are going to talk about Ramaphosa. We're going to talk about markets in general. We're going to, of course, we're going to talk about oil, and maybe we should talk about that straight away because this morning when I was speaking to Nick Kunza yes. on the opening, the oil price when we started our conversation was down around about 11 12% for Brent crude oil. It's now hmm. gone from minus 12, let's call it, to up 13. Three. And West uh, 13, yeah. up 13, yeah. It's now, hmm. it's now 21.92, was around about 15, 50, 16 at one stage this morning. And uh, West Texas Intermediate was around about $10, $10.50. It's now just about $15 per barrel, up 29%. Hmm. I mean, this is casino stuff, but it's still terribly yes. important, I think. Yes, it is. But, I mean, understand a few dynamics Quick one-minute summary of the oil market. Okay. We used to consume 100 million barrels a day. That, for this month, will probably drop to 70 million barrels a day. But they're still producing 100 million barrels a day. From the 1st of May, they're going to cut it to 90 million barrels a day. So, at the moment, there's anywhere between 10 and 20 million barrels of oil a day that's got to find a home yes. in a virtually full storage facility world. So there's your problem. Very simple. We're producing too much. We're consuming not enough. It's it's not difficult Correct. to understand. Yeah. Uh, the the problem is, of course, course demand uh, will go up as demand will go up as the economies unlock over the next month or two, and at current prices supply is going to be hit massively because you just you can't produce at a loss so there's going to be so the two will meet at some stage in the in the actually not too distant future at all yeah i think there's politics behind it as well i do think saudi arabia has for some reason has decided that it wants to be number one again it really wants to be the most important producer both economically and politically and it, it is flooding the world in order to reduce the impact of other producers, for example, the United States of America, no matter how yes. much MBS and Mr. Trump uh, claim to be great friends, it's simply not the case, in my opinion. So there's all that but stuff going on in the background as well. I think they're fighting a losing battle. Don't try and, it's a bit like Sappy trying to dominate the uh, glossy paper industry. Don't try and dominate a declining industry. Eh? Mm. Yeah, it is in long-term decline, would you agree? Yes, yes, it, it definitively is in long-term decline, although the decline is going to be a lot slower than what people predict, but it is in terminal decline. And it, <clears throat> in fact, it has been since the 1970s. Eh? Yeah. Um, before the oil crisis in 1970, the amount of oil used per unit of output was probably 15 times more than what it is today, eh? So it's actually been in terminal decline for decades, but this is clearly going to accelerate it. And, of course, electric vehicles and environmental and all of these things, it is in terminal decline. This has been a theme of mine now for a couple of years. And so if, if yes. for, for some reason uh, your doctor said to you, Wayne, I found this pill and you're going to live until you're 250. And you've got to – but unfortunately, you're – investment profile must also match your lifespan so you've got to invest mm. for the next uh, 200 years you probably wouldn't have fossil fuel companies in your portfolio no. would you no no you wouldn't have fossil fuel coal you just wouldn't have it because 
as the cost, any new technology is the wonderful thing. People always get very confused when new technology comes along, whether it's wind power or the internet or electric vehicles or battery technology. They think it's going to happen next year. It never does. It takes significantly longer, but it probably has got a far bigger impact eventually than what even the most optimistic player will say initially. But these things are unstoppable. I mean, I think people in 200 years' time are going to look back and say, you burnt fossil. Look, look at these primitive people. They burnt fossil <laughs> oil and polluted the atmosphere. Yeah, it is actually. When you when you look at it that way, we are very, very crude creatures, aren't we? Uh, sorry for the pun, but we take stuff out the ground, we stick it in a car, we burn it, we pollute the atmosphere, and uh, and then we go back and uh, we look back and say, goodness me, the air smells funny this morning. It's very strange, yeah. isn't it, Wayne? Yeah, but look, I mean, these things, we all, as with the virus and as with everything we're going through now, uh, we are highly adaptive to cope with varying circumstances. So, yes, I mean, we, the fossil fuels in 100 years' time will, will be, there'll only be people like me who like uh, owning old classic motor cars that still run on something called petrol. You know, we'll have to stash some away somewhere so that we can at least start the cars. People like me in 100 years' time mm. can at least start the cars. But, yeah, no, it, it'll be a virtual unknown in 100 years' time. Maybe even 15 now, but not next year. No, but uh, you're quite right. It'll be it'll be a novelty. Like they have these um, in, in the United Kingdom, they have the, the these these country fairs where there's those old steam engines. Steam engines, yeah. Those things come along, and all the kids look at it and they'll think, "Isn't that funny?" But that'll be you with your Jaguars in in, yes, in, in 10, that's 15 exactly time. That, yeah. Sorry, 10, 15 years time. Yeah, people will point yeah, at you. That, when. That, yeah. Okay. Well, look, they're not maybe not ten or fifty. The motor car will still be around. The internal combustion engine mm. will still be around in in fifteen years' time. But it will be in fifteen years' time. It will be in terminal decline. At at the moment, there's about a hundred million cars sold a year, of which about two million are electric. Right. So there's phenomenal growth rates, but as a percentage of the total, it's actually still small. So that's going to get to twenty or thirty percent before it actually starts to drop the physical number of internal combustion engines in use. So you'll only see that, and there's about 1.2 billion internal combustion engines in the world. Nice. So that will actually stay high for the next four or five years and then only start to drop, you know, after, after electric cars start making up more than 20 or 30% of new car sales. But of course, electric cars have their own, they, they've got two problems, electric cars. One is the technology itself. It's advancing so quickly that the car you buy today at a very, and they're still expensive today, the car you buy today is virtually worthless in three years' time. So it's a terrible investment for your money, no matter what you think about electric vehicles. To buy one now when you know in three years' time your car is going to be a proper dinosaur is not an efficient allocation of money and the second problem which will eventually be resolved is that they still haven't really got big range without a still fairly substantial charging time 
Yeah. I remember watching a Top Gear, the old Top Gear with the old three of Clarkson and Hammond and May, uh, and they did uh, a test. This was maybe seven, eight years ago. I saw a rerun of it the, the other day, and they look very, very primitive, but I live in the Netherlands, and every single day I walk along the street, I see a Tesla. And in fact, in the garage in the building in which I live, um, the, the garage has every, every second bay, parking bay. Good has got a charger, and every you know, every second carb, therefore, by definition, is being charged up. So it, it has advanced. Is there a, an electric Jaguar? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, definitely there is. But I'm I'm not about to swap to electric quite yet. Although for for the moment the prices come down. At the moment, for an equivalent electric car compared to an internal combustion car, mm. you're still paying probably thirty to fifty percent more than the equivalent. Uh, internal combustion engine car, and your depreciation rate is probably triple what a, uh, uh, an internal combustion, as I said earlier on, because of the technology. But the moment that that equalizes, the moment we get equilibrium, mm. where the price comes down and the technology is not advancing as rapidly, then for time driving, I will definitively buy an electric car. It makes sense because you're never going more than 20, 30 k's down driving. And, and and it's wonderful because it'll actually solve many, many needs and it's cheap. Even with Eskom prices for electricity, your running costs are way lower than although with the price of oil now the running cost of an internal combustion engine might in fact be as cheap as an electric engine. So many things to think about. Not much on the Stock Exchange news service uh, today, but um, I noticed at around about four o'clock we had Cashfield coming up with the third quarter operational yes. update. I mean, this is a retailer, of course it is, and people are not going to retailers. Yeah. Uh, the share price only down around about one and a third percent. But Wayne, how mm. do you approach the retailers now? Because after Mr. Ramaphosa's speech last night, it's and what he will say tomorrow as well. Gradually, South Africa is going to say to itself, we haven't been hit as hard, so we are going to release ourselves from lockdown in a responsible Correct. way, and these things will come back. So what are you doing? Piling in or just uh, yep. letting the dust settle a bit? What are you going to do? No, no, look, the problem with the equity market, if you let the dust settle, the market's up 40% before you wake up. Okay. Because the moment, the moment... The moment you start feeling comfortable, so in other words, you're sitting as an investor now and you say, I'm going to wait for things to calm down a little bit yes. and I'm going to wait for more direction and more clarity. The moment you perceive that more direction and more clarity, don't think the market has to take. So that's the problem is that if you wait, but then again, maybe that's not the worst thing. I mean, what's the difference if you lose the first 30% of a big run? Because after these sort of collapses, you get a big run. Although I'm becoming increasingly more aware of the fact that this rally we've had is too much too quick. It could go down again. Yes. Worldwide, not just South Africa. Mm. It's, it's just and because we haven't yet reached the peak of the bad economic news yet. We'll reach that peak very quickly. Eh? In July, August, as long as the world starts to come out of lockdown, you will know what the cost is. You will know company profits. You will know GDP. You will know all of these things or have a significantly better idea by June or July because then companies will start reporting where they've had a significant period in this world lockdown phase. So, But we're not there yet. So you saw, you saw this morning, Standard Bank. First time I've seen a South African company actually put a number to it. So they, they do quarterly returns to, 
ICBC, so they can put it in their financials. Yes. And they said in the month of March, their profits are down 27% or 24%, but something like that in comparison to the previous March month. Right. But they specifically said there, when we evaluated our bad debts, and I'll come back to that, when we evaluated our bad debts, we did not take the full effect of the lockdown and the extended lockdown into account, and we analyzed or evaluated our bad debts at the time based on the best knowledge. In other words, not even implying, clearly telling you that it's going to get worse a month later now that they know more information and more lockdown. And just coming back to the bad debts, the banking accounts now, you don't just write off an actual debt anymore, an actual bad debt anymore. You've got to anticipate what you think is going to happen to your bad, bad debts over the next six months or the next year and take it all into account now. So you don't just create a bad debt when a person stops paying you. You've got to create a bad debt provision for all of the anticipated people who you think will stop paying you over the next six months. Mm -hmm. So banking share, banking profits could disappear in their totality for a month or two or three. So in other words, profits for the year could be down, I don't know, guess 50%, 60% for this year. But they'll still make a profit. They're not going to lose money. They're still going to make a profit. But it would be dramatically less than previous years that we've been used to. Correct, yes. But, I mean, if you make the assumption, and, of course, it's assumption, that banking profits in three years' time will be where they were last year. So, in other words, it takes you three years to get back to your previous level of profitability. Now, that's an assumption, okay, fair enough. But if that's right, you can buy a banking share today that if you hold it in three years' time, they'll pay you an 11% dividend yield. Which is a, a very big dividend yield for a well-run company, uh, Correct. A, a mainstream you can company. Even go, you can even go more extreme now. You can go and buy redefined property or growth point property. And if that same assumption is true, that distributions in three years' time will be where they were last year, you'll get a 20% yield. Obviously, there's the risk of the um, risk. the capital depreciation. I mean, the depreciation of the share price itself. But 20% yes. is still a compelling argument. Yes. But, of course, it's based on the assumption that they won't go bankrupt. Well, the ones I've quoted probably won't go bankrupt. Hmm. Some will, by the way. Some listed property companies are not going to survive this. But if the distributions can get back to where they were last year in three years' time, because the property companies, I mean, you're going to take probably, in reality – you're probably going to lose two months full rental this year on average, I would think. In the next 12 months, two months are gone. Full rental, 100% gone. Well, I think you may be being g- generous, actually. I think it'll be a little yeah, bit more. Maybe I'm being we'll a bit see. generous, yeah. yeah. Because the other yeah. thing that you're, you you tend to assume, and other people are tending to assume as well, is that figure that you quoted from Standard Bank, in other words, they've they've narrowed it down to a month. Our profits during the month of March will be 27% down. Do you honestly believe that when it comes to September, we'll be speaking, what, what is it now, April, Major? In, in, in four or five months' time, you'll be saying, Lindsay, look at that trading update on the Stock Exchange News 
new service announcement. Standard Bank has said that its profits are, uh, with a reasonable amount of clarity, are going to be um, 25 to 30% higher. Obviously, that's off a lower base, so maybe I should say yes. 40 to 45% higher. Do you think that is going to happen because the world has reopened? No, not past September, no, not past September, no. Hmm. No. But by the next year, September, probably yes. That's a long time to wait because for some people. The economy, but for the stock market, you're valuing shares into perpetuity. You know? What difference is another year or another nine months? makes The reality is, and that's where the people forget the stock market. The stock market overreacts during a recession. Make no mistake, it overreacts during panic and a recession yes. on the downside. Mm. But even if you lose one year of economic growth, that on a capitalized value on the stock market is only about 12%. So if profits disappear in its totality in the world stock markets for a year, every company shows zero profits for a year, the present value of that is about 12%. So as long as you get some sort of return to normality after that, the market in theory has only lost about 12, 15, whatever number, percent of its total value yeah there's so much to think about Wayne I'm just looking at my screens now and sorry I went a bit quiet there because I was just looking at the oil prices one minute ago was up 30 percent in New York and now it's only up 23 percent and so sort of the, the sort of numbers that we're being bombarded with are a little bit discombobulating um, we've spoken about Standard Bank and you've given a very very uh, good example of what might happen in the future even if it is only September next year rather than September this mm. year uh, what do you do with a company and we'll, we'll end our conversation on this note what do you do with a company like Sassel which is already talking about selling a stake in uh, LCCP the Lake Charles mm. Chemical uh, Project the uh, oil prices in long-term terminal decline, but it might reinvent itself by doing other things, just like, for example, a British American, a British American tobacco might reinvent mm. itself by you know, doing other things apart from just the normal tobacco business. How do you approach at your institution, Sassel? Well, look, well, look, we just look at Sassel and say, assumption number one: the equilibrium oil price is thirty-five to forty dollars a barrel. Okay. That's our equilibrium oil price. If it goes back to that in a year, Sassel in 2022 or 2021, 21, 22, whenever, will produce about 30 rand a share profit. Okay. And the current price is not much higher than that. So you buy it. So you buy it. Yes. You buy it between 50 and 60 rand of a course, share, which is where we it is already, now. We already, we already, we already have owned it since 250 Rand down to 50. Yes. So make no mistake, but we are clearly not selling at this level and we're buying a little bit more at this level. So Sassel caught us, as it caught many, many other investment managers, because they should actually rename Lake Charles Chemical Project to Lake Charles Black Hole Project. Mm. <laughs> because they spent, they, they wasted as much money in Lake Charles as what we need as a country to fix ESCOM. That's the quantum of the money that was poured into that black hole. And the galling thing about this, the gall of these people, is that they're going to be selling a 13 14% stake right at the bottom, just as the oil price and the chemical prices are at their lowest ebb and nobody wants Correct. to know anything about them. So they buy at the top and sell at the bottom, and yet you still back Correct. a company with such ineptitude. No, I back the share price going up. Okay. 
In that case, Wayne, we'll leave Very it. different to backing the company. Mm. All right. Well, there is a distinction, obviously, and we'll talk about that another time. But uh, we've run out of time, Wayne. Thank you very much for your time this evening. That's Wayne okay, McCurry, Portfolio Manager at FNB Wealth and Investment. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.